0: from the corner of Bay and Dundas in downtown Toronto. This is Like Nobody's Business, a podcast of thought leadership and business innovation. I'm your host, Nadine Habib. The challenges students face when it comes to housing and commuting in Toronto is a familiar tale, and one that we delve into on today's episode of Like Nobody's Business. I sat down with Murtaza Haider, Associate Professor of Real Estate Management at TRSM. He talks about his advice for students when it comes to home ownership, his research into transportation in Toronto, and his thoughts on the RU Pass. Hi Murtaza, thank you for joining us on the show today.
1: Lovely, glad to be here.
0: So let's start off by asking, how difficult is it going to be for recent graduates or young professionals to eventually own a home in Toronto? And is it even a viable option for a lot of people?
1: So um, in terms of uh, younger cohorts, especially millennials, um, given the increase, rapid increase in housing prices between say 2015, 16, and in the early part of 2017, um, there is now a disconnect between what people earn, especially the younger workers, and what the prices are. Um, so the question is, um, if someone, um, a young worker, a recent graduate, would like to own a house, um, the question is, are they interested in owning a house as in a low rise, or is it a condominium that they are interested in? Uh, and based on that choice, they can determine how where they would like to be. They can buy a condominium. Uh, a smaller unit in downtown, or could be slightly farther away, either on the GO Transit uh, GO line or subway line, and buy a slightly larger property, um, but at a, some some commuting distance from downtown. But more importantly, uh, for young young workers, especially millennials, you have to understand and ask this question to you, why would you like to buy in the first place, especially so early in your professional career? Um, Buying ties you to a place. There are fixed costs associated with buying a house. The taxes you pay, the brokerage fees you pay, um, a non-refundable. Once you buy a property, you make those investments, the legal fees and whatnot. And then when you decide to move, let's say, and because you're so early in your career, that an interesting opportunity presents itself. It happens to be in the States or in Vancouver or in Montreal or beyond and then you ask yourself well you know I'm getting a raise but is it enough to pay for all the costs that I have incurred in a buying the house and I will reincurse in selling this house so at the earliest stages in your career as a young professional I think you have to be have to carry that sense of being a footloose and be ready to to embrace opportunities irrespective of where they come from even uh, they may be in, in in the Middle East or they may be farther away and buying a home will not l- allow you to be as mobile as if you were to be renting so my advice would be unless there's a very good reason for you to to buy I would say rent in earlier Figure out what your career would look like in the first few years. And once you have a good job and you know that you'll be there for five, ten years, then bye.
0: Mm And what type of advice would you give to students who eventually want to become homeowners in the city? Is there anything in addition that you'd like to add?
1: So yeah, so I think from a a young person's perspective, you have to look at the lifestyle changes that will happen. So initially, you move out of your parents' house, or you were already out, and now you've started working, and and you're single, and then you meet someone, and now you're a couple, and then that couple uh, eventually, the family grows, and you have a child. So all these three stages, or, or all life stages, result in different shelter requirements. Everything changes the moment there's a child in in the family. So you start thinking about buying in terms of um, not just owning a house, but then um, if you are just a couple, then yes, you can buy and rent wherever you you believe will have the best trade-off between commuting to work and having a good social life and having a nightlife as well. But the moment there's a child in, in, in the play, and let's say it happens in five years, then start thinking in terms of daycare, in terms of uh, kindergartens, and then five years down the road, good schools. I think for young millennials and, and, and planning your life, and careers you should start thinking also about uh, where the good schools are not just in Toronto but also in Vancouver and and Montreal and see where the career opportunities are and then see if your career would take you to a place where you can grow and raise a family in a very good school district now for a very young person say well I'm single why is he telling us about raising Mm families but that happens and that happens faster in your life than you think it would so basically at this stage um, stay, rent if you can, um, and, and then plan a life and a lifestyle and a housing choice, knowing that your life will change dramatically as you grow older, maturer, and, and your, your household composition, your family composition changes. Mm-hmm.
0: And so you're also working on some new research about accessibility and transportation in Toronto. Can you tell us a little bit about that research?
1: so a lot of our work is uh, understanding the dynamics in the way the city grows and how transportation becomes an enabler for the city to grow so we are looking at the structure the uh, not just the uh, demographic footprint of the of the city but we are also looking at the labor market um, where people work is something that is not um, uh, has not been researched as extensively as where people live has been. So we are just trying to determine how far um, can one get from a downtown in Toronto and in Montreal and in Vancouver and in Calgary, and how far can you get and still find, um, what is the, 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 um, the, the labor shed, or uh, how, um, in terms of commuting, how far can you live and still be able to commute to downtown in your respective city within 30 minute commute? Or if you live in Central City or in downtown, how far can you commute within 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour and be able to get to a work location? So this spatial distribution of employment and accessibility to employment is the kind of research we are doing right now and trying to determine the relative size of cities not from an employment, not from a population perspective, but from an employment perspective. And it's the accessibility to employment locations that is the, the main area of research that we're pursuing at our institute, uh, which is the Open Analytics Institute.
0: Mm-hmm. And are you able to share some of your
1: findings from that research? So it's a little bit pre- preliminary, but not as much. But we, we have found that uh, cities do differ significantly um, and um, in terms of how far can you get and still be able to commute back to downtown. And we found that actually, and we are looking at not just, we are at this stage looking only for automobile commuting. And we found that the presence of freeways and highways um, help expand the, uh, the employment footprint of a city. In the absence of freeways, the cities would be much smaller and the employment footprint would be much smaller. Mm-hmm. Interesting.
0: And how does, um, how does that impact affordability?
1: So affordability is, is a key thing, that um, if you think about, um, uh, uh, if you think about planned, efficient public transit systems, such as the one we call the GO Transit in, in Ontario, It allows individuals to be able to commute to downtown um, using public transit in a more efficient way than, let's say, driving from. So imagine you live in Oakville, right, or Mississauga, or, or Oshawa, and the GO trains allow you to be in downtown in 45 minutes, which is not possible during rush hours if you were to drive. So what happens is that through these transit systems, one is able to build, the extend the boundaries, the physical boundaries of the city. So you can, you can still live in Oshawa and be able to work in Toronto. So affordability automatically improves because when the physical boundaries and physical space of a city is grown, more area becomes developable. And if the supply of housing increases, the price of the housing goes down or at least the affordability improves. So the reason Toronto is not super super expensive is because you can have a large number of people still live outside of Toronto be able to commute back and when they live outside of Toronto their housing costs are much lower than if they, had they lived in downtown Toronto or central parts of Toronto.
0: Finally students voted yes to the RU pass which means all students even those um, who live near campus are now going to have to pay for this st- their TTC pass and their tuition. Um, Can I just get your thoughts on what what you think about that decision?
1: So um, I think different campuses, campuses are different in in a way that um, the student body is sometimes more uh, of a a commuter body versus more living on campus. Ryerson is more of a commuter campus. Uh, Most students arrive. Daily, I think, and I'm speaking naively rather, but my assumption is that uh, a smaller cohort of students live uh, either uh, in the university residence or um, in private accommodations around the university. So um, the reason this uh, pass has passed because I think the majority voted in favor, but it creates an interesting um, question about equity that in it, someone who lives on campus and they made the decision to rent and be here so that they don't have to commute, um, will also have to be pay, paying or contributing towards this pass because it's, um, it's not individual or user fee, it's a collective thing that is imposed on all. So it has this concern about equity and I, I don't know how to resolve it, but um, I'm glad that the students have voted and, and acted tr- um, in a democratic fashion. Uh, But at the same time, how do we uh, create an equity in a sense that those who have to pay for a service that they will not use are um, compensated in a different way?
0: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Murtaza. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for inviting me.
0: Like Nobody's Business is a presentation of Ryerson University's Ted Rogers School of Management. For more information about TRSM, visit ryerson.ca forward slash Ted Rogers School. Thank you for listening.